Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Time now to go to Brewers Outlet. Big weekend. Big weekends mean good times. Good times start with a trip to Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. Pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury. The beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Keywords, 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Online, sunburymotors.com. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the day, we'll start with the appetizer. And that, of course, would be the Macatrillo rant of the day. Well, Let's I can use check. a couple of cold ones after last night's Sixers-Nets game. I thought they, I'll tell you, I got to give the Sixers credit. They really shut down Durant and Irving. I was very impressed by that. Neither one of them scored. Oh, my almighty! <laughs> maybe they were part of the officiating crew last night. Oh, maybe not. But I want to start there. First of all, well, before I get to the officials, let me start with this, though. The Sixers. Still, I thought, were very disappointing last night overall, despite the win. And if they play that kind of game against the Celtics, it's going to be a short series. The mental toughness was pretty poor last night, especially from Joel Embiid overall. I mean, that third quarter was an absolute embarrassment. But luckily... Everybody, guys stepped up when they needed to late in the game, get, and they got the win. You, you get embarrassed a lot. I've noticed that. Like You get embarrassed a lot by things. Like, why? Because they, they shouldn't be playing that poorly against that kind of team. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're no, on the road. <laughs> no offense, but the other team does have some highly paid skilled athletes, you know. I get it, but I mean, when you turn the ball over as much as they didn't, it was the turnovers were outrageous. It was like seven to one, and it was not even midway through the third quarter, and you had an eleven point lead and basically had buried them going into the half, and then you let them to, uh, allow them to come back in like that, get outscored twenty three to seven to start the third quarter. I'm sorry, that's an embarrassment. The way this team is. I'm sorry. They're not playing mannequins. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> you know your team's bad when they're doing a shell drill and you're losing. <laughs> well, it, it's just that if the, if I saw regular effort, and you and I have talked about this before at the NBA in general, if I had seen regular effort throughout the course of the 82-game season, 
then maybe I cut them some slack. But when you walk through the motions for most of the regular season, sit guys, and then you play like, and you have a quarter like that in a playoff game, I'm sorry, I have pretty fairly high high expectations. I don't care what the situation is, where you're playing, who you're playing. Simple as that. But the officiating was even more of an embarrassment. In fact, that was a disgrace last night. And you and I have also talked about this before. You especially, how officials need to keep themselves out of the game and not make it about them. Last night was a clinic about how you make the game about the the officials, yourselves. Especially with the James Harden embarrassing ejection. That kind of play in the NBA happens all the time. I hope every member of that officiating crew last night got that dreaded text or call from Caucus, New Jersey, and went over everything that happened in that game last night. Because that should never happen again. You can't ever have that happen in a playoff game, ever. Stop. And if you're trying to make that... This is another thing, too. If that was possibly a makeup call because they decided not to throw out Joel Embiid from the thing early in the first quarter with Claxton, I'm sorry. Then swallow your pride, admit you made a mistake, and make the correct call this time. Don't try and go back. I hate when officials try to go back and make up calls from mistakes they made earlier in the game. Forget it happened. You missed the call. Focus on what's happening right now. I hate that about officials. Oh, you're done. Okay. Um, first of all, Joe Allen Beat is very lucky that he missed. Because if he is six inches, what to the to the left? Yep. He is not. He is not playing game four, and he might not be playing game five. Because he would have been thrown out, and he would have been suspended for what he did. Fortunately for him, he missed. It ended up being a, a technical. All right, that's one. So that was officiated correctly, right? I agree. I agree that was officiated correctly. Right. Uh, the Claxton thing, I'm like, I don't quite get. And why? I don't see why he needs to be tossed out. What did he do? What? He, he taunted him? Whoop-de-doo. Um, and as for Harden... You have to understand the intent. Now, did Harden deliberately <clears throat> jab him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he deliberately did it. There's no getting around it. You don't make that move unless you're deliberately doing it. The difference is is that did he deliberately do it to the area he did it to? And that part I don't think he meant to do. I thought he meant to do a little higher. <laughs> exactly. Using, I feel like we're using code words here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? But at the same time, if you're going to guard him that tight, sometimes that happens. Sometimes no. it happens. So you can't, you still can't do it. If you, if you're telling me that the defender can't touch him, the offensive player can't touch them either. I mean, if they, if he had just gotten an offensive foul, fine, I can live with that. But a flagrant two, that's outrageous. Uh, not the call I would have made. Uh, I, he, you know, I would have given him a one. Um, I think because of where it ended up going, I think that's why he got it too. <laughs> I think it's like real estate location means a lot. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I think that's what happened. But Maxie played great last night. They, uh, it goes back to the point I made with Kate Scott on Friday. I said it doesn't have to be the same guy over and over again. But it does, they do need a third guy to step up. More often than not, it's been Maxie in this series, and Maxie was great last night. He doesn't play the way he did last night. They don't win. And he was terrific. And the Nets made mistakes down the stretch. In fact, I'll tell you one of the mistakes they made right away, you know, down the stretch was I would not have gone for two that late. I'd have gone for a good three at that point. They went for a two. They didn't get it. And then, of course, the inbounds play where they, you know, where he cut inside and he thought he was going outside and they ended up throwing it away. It was a slam dunk. But, you know, know, there's always the thought process um, of you didn't play your best game and won. It does tell everybody how good you actually are. You didn't play your best game, you won. They didn't play their best game. They won last night. They won against a team that's a shell of itself. I mean, that is a problem. Uh, But they won. And they will probably win again. They'll probably sweep the opening series. Uh, I don't know how Embiid's knee is. I guess he hurt it in the fourth quarter. He was limping around a little bit. Yeah, that didn't look great. I think that was part of the problem, too, with Embiid's play last night. Is I don't think he's 100% now. Well, and that's um that's a little more concerning than the mental toughness thing, but he seemed he seemed fine most of the game. He seemed like he tweaked it a little bit. So we'll see. We can go from there, but you can tell Doc's trying to get him to push out of this stuff and get going. So it's not you know, it's not the biggest story of the day. The biggest story of the day is obviously the gambling story. I think it's convenient the suit's out of town. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells foul Right. So there are five players that have been suspended. And one of them is Shaka Tony, a former Nittany Lion. And, yeah, I think everybody knows. I think the world is Shaka. So, please, this is not, you know, it was like, it was like oh, man. But the, the five players... That were suspended. Four from the Detroit Lions, including Jameson Williams and Stanley Berryhill. Now Berryhill get and Williams get six games, and they did not get the indefinite suspension. That's because they placed their bets on nine NFL games. But the reason that they're being suspended is that you are not allowed to make any bet from the team facility. So they were up at Allen Park, and they made the the bets inside the facility. NFL players, just to be clear, NFL players are allowed to place bets on non-NFL games. So if they want to place a bet on the NBA, on a college football game, on UFC, on um, Major League Baseball, they want to be on horse racing, whatever it may be, they can place bets, prop bets, anything on anything that's not in the NFL. They just cannot do it inside the facility. And they can't do it on road trips. They can't do it on road trips. When they're on the road traveling with the team, they cannot place bets. 
that's considered to be still within the confines of the facility, whether you're on the plane, the bus, or the hotel. Okay? Uh, evidently, the other ones, including Shaka, are accused of placing bets on NFL games. And that's where the indefinite suspensions come in. And the two other, the two Detroit Lion players, Quintus Cephas and Moore, uh, were both released by the Lions immediately after this came down. The commanders have not made a move on Shaka yet. Which is interesting. They haven't made a move on him yet. The this of course comes one month after Calvin Ridley was reinstated, after he had placed bets while on the injured list, and he evidently made the bets in his apartment. But he bet on the NFL games. I think he actually bet on the Falcons, the team he was with at the time. And the. The problem there's a couple of problems here. <clears throat> Number one, and I talk to my class about this all the time. You know, and in fact, what I'll do is I'll take a break and we'll come back. All right, and and talk about this because there are several layers to it, and one of them is, of course, <laughs> part of the problem is the NFL itself. And the fact that there's a double standard here. And we'll talk about that in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Here's the issue the NFL has. Yes, they're trying to maintain integrity of the games. Okay? Uh, And that's critical because you have to, when you're sitting there watching a game, you have to feel like the game has integrity. Uh, You know, even though the pitcher on the mound for the Yankees is probably using spider tech. Uh, No. Oh, well. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! I think they ought to suspend that whole staff. I think the whole staff's using it. Um, just a thought. Uh, just guessing. But the NFL is accepting all this money from gambling organizations. You know, 
you know, whether it's DraftKings or whether it happens to be MGM or whatever. I mean, and where's the Super Bowl this year? That would be um, Las Vegas. Yeah. Now that means that under these rules, the players would be on a road trip, correct? Yep. Which means since they're on a trip, they are not allowed to gamble on any games at all for the entire week. But doesn't mean the executives can't. I don't think it falls to them. I'm talking about in the league office. It's going to be... Um, They accept a lot. These leagues all accept a lot of money from this. And, again, you can't bet on your team. But this part about betting in the facility, I, okay, what? So, in other words, if I go a half mile away from the facility with 7-Eleven in the parking lot and place the bet, that's fine. Okay. Now, betting on league games or betting on your team, can't do it. That's the problem with the uh, indefinite suspensions. Now, after a year, you can apply for reinstatement, which is what Ridley did, and Ridley did get reinstated. The other guys did not bet on the NFL. Um, but this is the situation you have. You have, for example, um, here's a player on the Raiders, for example, who's from USC. And here's a player for the Raiders who's from UCLA. And USC and UCLA are going to play. And they want to put away a friendly wager on the game. Right? In the league facility, they can't do that. But then they can go out, they can leave Henderson, and they can go to a sports park and they can do it. I mean, you're allowed to because you're allowed to bet, bet on anything. So what they're suspended for is doing in the league facility. I know they're trying to send a message, and there's another element to this that nobody has talked about. You do know the Lions, the Detroit Lions. Look back a month ago. There were several staffers that were let go from the team, and they were let go from the team because of this that they, too, were placing wagers within the facility. And they were let go. And that's one of those under-the-radar things that happened that I don't think a lot of people realize. talk where your voice counts this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones Have the needs for 
more than anyone else is the guy I work with. I've thoroughly admitted that already, yeah. You need to calm yourself down. You can't come into work that angry. My goodness. I am all sorts of fired up today for many different reasons. We'll find out others in a moment. <laughs> all right. Today's show is brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Rankin Street and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water softening snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street, and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. So let's get to, um... all right, what are you fired up about today now? Just checking. Well, with this thing related to the gambling, mm-hmm. I don't know if I totally agree that this is somewhat of a double standard now because, I mean, the integrity is you still have to you have to be able to protect the integrity of the game regardless of whether you have gambling as sponsors or not as a sports league. You can't have players gambling on your own on your own league. So I think you have to put the hammer down regardless of whether it is. That's not what I said. I think remotely what I said. Do you listen to the show? Usually I do. (laughs) Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. The reason Williams and the other player is that they made bets on non-NFL games on league property. But it's okay for them to have advertising in the stadiums from gambling organizations. Okay. Now I understand what you're saying. From that standpoint, I agree. Okay. Now I understand what you're saying. So I, I, I rescind that. Well, you better. I mean, you got it wrong. Again. No, I'm just going <laughs> to. But that's what I'm talking about. That's a double standard. You have to have a league rule that you can't bet on your games. You have to. Doesn't matter where the bet takes place, you can't do it. That's simple. That's cut and dry. But what they're saying is that you can't sit in the locker room and place bet on uh, bet on a college football game. But it's okay for them to get advertising all over the stadium from gambling organizations, right? That's what they're saying. Gotcha. That's where the, that's where the double standard comes in. Now, I'm sure the reasoning behind it probably is relatively simple. And the reasoning behind it is we don't want you doing anything on, on the property, period. That way we get gambling off off the property with the players 
which is also a deterrent to you potentially placing a bet on the game. Whatever. Right? That way they can, you know, they're trying to keep the integrity of the game no matter what. But boy, when it comes to taking the money for it, they have no issue doing it. And it's legal, so there's nothing wrong with it. One of many hypocrisies, in fact, under Roger Goodell. But to go along with player league. safety. Matt, 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 it's every league. I mean, they don't... They fair. Don't. No, that's fair. Right? The NHL does it. The NBA does it. Right? Major League Baseball. I drive D left field. It's off the Foxwood sign, and this will be a double. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, what exactly what does Foxwoods do? <laughs> that is a what? They all take the money. MLS and go over to England. They take it. So I'm not saying no, there's absolutely no way you can place a wager on the sport you're playing in. Zero. That has to be an indefinite suspension. That's what's happened in this case. But when you're sitting there saying, well, you can't sit in the locker room and like, uh, you know what, I'm going to place a bet on the Kentucky Derby. What do you say you do that? No, you do that in the locker room, you're going to miss six games. Wait a minute, but you guys have all this stuff out there for Ho-Chunk and everything like that and MGM and Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun and the whole thing, but I can't sit in the locker room and I can't place a wager on an NBA game? See, that's where the hypocrisy comes in. That's what, you know. And when it comes to the wagering part, I have often talked to my, I mean, I usually take two sections of my class and talk about the gambling aspect. One is a primary one. The other one is then a refresher on it. But each time I've, I tell them, it's simple. Number one, if you want to do shows about gambling, you want to sit there and, and say, hey, big game's coming up this week, and do one hour, two hours, half hour, whatever it may be. Let's take a look at the point spreads. You know, I think the Steelers will cover, blah, 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 blah. Here are the reasons why, blah, 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 blah. I said, you can do it. I said, it's legal in 30 states and the District of Columbia, and this, Pennsylvania, happens to be one of the 30 states where it's legal. I said, so, you know, if you want to do a show like that, I said, you guys can do a show like that. And he said, I said, but, I said, this is my advice. I said, I cannot tell you what to do. It is your money. It is your life. I said, but my advice is never place a wager on a game that you are covering. He said, it is going to jade your opinion one way or the other of how you looked at it. If you lose, it's obvious. You're going to be mad, bitter. The coaches, they basically cost you money. The players, they cost you money. And what kind of uh, report are you going to give to the fan base after that when it turned out it was so personal for you, you lost? Conversely, you put the money on there and you won. Well, now like you're still not giving the right perspective on the game. It's not an objective pers- perspective of the game because you had a personal stake in the game. 
I said, now other things, if you want to sit there and you want to put wagers on whatever, I said, that's up to you. That's up to you. I said, me? I said, my advice, I said, and I can't tell you what to do, is never place a wager on a game that you personally are covering. And that's what I tell them. 100%. Now, it's, I'll go back to the early days. I'd be in the press box at Beaver Stadium back in the 80s. And these writers would have these slips of, you know, like slips of paper, right? Like a, like, I'd be looking at it for the game, right? I'd be like, oh, well, what the heck are they doing? Uh, this is Captain Naive here. And they said, well, those are their betting slips. I said, what? He said, yeah, they got the point spreads on there and what they've picked and so forth. I said, you got to be kidding me, really? I mean, again, me sitting there, like, not realizing this is happening? Okay. So it's been going on forever. Now it's just done in a legal fashion across the board, which then, and these rules about betting on your own league and everything have always been in place. But when gambling became legalized and sportsbook became legalized in all these states, nearly two-thirds of them, the league had to come up with something. So I understand what the intent is. I understand what the intent is. So you can't do anything on your sport at all. That is absolutely correct. That that has to always be the standard. You cannot have people looking at your sport with the stink eye saying, am I watching something that's legit or not? That's why you have to keep that element out. And when it comes to the other stuff, you know, you're an NFL player, you want to bet on a college basketball game, what the heck, it has nothing to do with you. Zero. And... Again, to those who cover games, I say over and over again to my classes, don't place a wager in the game you're covering. Is it if there are other games out there you want to place a wager, you want a little action, it's a little more fun for you, whatever, go ahead. I mean, let's face it, we we don't in any way, shape, or form discourage in it this these we're talking about small dollar amounts here, but we never uh, discourage wagers on fantasy football. We never discourage anybody throwing into the pool for the NCAA tournament, things like that. I mean, never do that. And for the NFL, I mean, look, I mean, it, it's interesting how outside of Shaka, all this stuff is in Detroit. The four players and the staff members that were released a month ago. But as for placing the wagers, I'm in the locker room, whatever, Stanley Cup's going on, and, you know, say I play for Detroit and the Wings are playing, yeah, you know. Well, you place that wager in the locker room, you're going to get a six game suspension. I walk outside the locker room and like, hey, hey, bet MGM. Oh, what, 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 what? See, that's the that's the issue I have with this. Like, you sit back and go, what? wait a minute, that's okay. Which it, it is okay. There's nothing wrong with it. it. It's it's okay for them to sell advertising. That's no issue. But. 
player can't place a wager on a college football game in the facility, but they can have all the signage out there on the websites that they would place the wager on in the stadium. That's where I come up with the, okay, there's a little bit of a double standard on that. There's no double standard when it comes to betting on the sport. That has to be absolute. You can't do it. All right, what else are you fired up about? Just my my own view on what's happened today with uh, a possible contributor on defense for Penn State just again shows you the issues with the transfer portal right now. It's a classic example of I don't like what I'm getting here, so I'm going to go here. Oh, I don't like what I'm getting here, I'm going to go here. This is another example of the transfer portal needing to be addressed. Because quite frankly, it's pretty ridiculous. You talking about Storm Duck? Correct, yes. You know what's interesting about that? Too much entitlement in the transfer portal and it needs to stop. Well, what's interesting about it, and we'll see what he wants to do. Does it mean he's out, out? No. But it means he's in the transfer portal. I mean, like like I've pointed out many times, um, just because you're in doesn't mean um, doesn't mean you're out. I mean, we just talked about Jameel Brown, for example. Uh, Jameel Brown put his name into the transfer portal. He pulled his name out. Okay, he's staying at Penn State. We'll see what happens with Evan and with Keva. Uh, Storm Duck is going to play. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't going to start, but, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but he was still going to be a pretty good contributor in that cornerback rotation, depending on what package they were in. He was going to get a lot of plays out there. Which is I. This is what I find interesting about it. And I know if you want to be, you want to feel like you're the guy all the time. Play in and play out. Okay, you know. I mean, do I understand that thought process? But he he came in here knowing he had a stacked room, and at the same time, the Prowler package, which is something that Jair Brown thrived in. They've been taking a look at johnny dixon to see how he would fit into there well if johnny dixon's there that means that that corner spot's open right and that's you know this one this one i was taken aback by i was like really he really was not one of the guys i thought of that would do that he came in here he went through the winter program all business went through the spring all business never missed any time they do a little tradition at the end of a practice where the players determine and the players make this determination, not the coaching staff. Okay, you see the helmets on on um, Saturday, and of course all the helmets for Penn State have the blue stripe down the middle, right? Well, the practice helmets aren't like that. Practice helmets do not have a stripe on them, unless the players in the room determine you should have a stripe on your helmet. And about a week before the blue white game, all the you know the defensive backfield room all got together and in front of everybody they gave Storm, Storm a stripe. And the guy's a good player. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. He can play. 
tough, hard nose, all business, physical corner, five career picks, three last season with North Carolina. We'll see what he wants to do now. But I know. thought he had a pretty good blue-white game. Oh, he played very well in the blue-white game. But he played very well during the entire spring. I, don't, I, thought, I thought he played really well during the spring. But is he going to displace as a starter, quote, starter, over Kalen King and Johnny Dixon? No. But nobody thought he was going to. But that's this goes back to what I've talked about so many times. When I sit down and look at starters on defense, I usually say, okay, there are 23, 24 starters on defense. If you're playing, I consider you a starter. Hey, you may go with Adisa Isaac and Chop Robinson as your defensive end. Is Deny Dennis Sutton a starter? In my eyes, he is. He's a major contributor. To me, he's a starter. I mean, if you're playing, this is where over time you have a different viewpoint of where it comes from. You get in a big game, who's going to play? And you're going to play anywhere from 22 to 25 guys out there. And I'm talking like 15, 25 plays, right, rotations. To me, they're all starters. Well, somebody may open the game, but you know what? I'm a big I'm a big believer in which guys do you want out there to finish the game. And he would have been one of those guys that would finish the game. So I don't know what he's going to do here. But you know, he put his name in. We'll see what happens with him. I don't know. All I know is he was well liked by his teammates. He played very well in the spring. And we'll see what he what he decides on. I won't be shocked if he's back because I, quite, quite frankly, I don't know what other position he's got, what other uh, what other way he's going to find right now. Well, what other what, right what other the, better situation he's going to find? Well, he was a starter at North Carolina, so he's probably thinking about the, the mindset of being a starter. Right. Yeah, he's we're talking about North s- Carolina, though, and it's not like his numbers were that outstanding. You're going from well, North Carolina three, to Penn State. He had three picks last season. I mean, in a league that threw the ball. I mean, he's a good player. He is a good player. But I... This one baffled me a little bit. This one, I mean, like Jimmy Crist leaving and going to, to Virginia, not even remotely baffled, Okay. This one, I sat back and went, really? Huh, okay. And by the way, uh, the clock will no longer stop on first downs in college football this season, except for the final two minutes of of the half and the final two minutes of the game. Okay? These are good rule changes. Yep. They think it'll knock seven plays off, but I'm fine with it. I'm all for keeping the game moving because college football games are entirely too long. Everybody's trying to speed the game up. Well, this is one way to do it. It'll take a little bit of time off the clock. And I've said this before, no offense, but one of the ways that I would like, like reduce the time of the overall time of the game, I'd knock six minutes off at halftime. 
Instead of a 20-minute and a half, I'd have 14. The NFL's 12. If you want to compromise and say 15, I'll do 15. That's fine. But, you know, I, and, you know, and I know there will be some people say, well, what about the blue band? The blue band will still have plenty of time to do its deal. Okay? But there's a lot of dead time at halftime, too. And I think that that is something that, um, I mean, knocking five to six minutes off, that's a big, to me, that's a big part of it. And bowl games are 22, you know. Bowl games aren't 20, they're 22. NCAA basketball tournament, halftime's not 15, it's 20. I mean, you got to make up for that billion-dollar deal somehow. All right. Come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 W. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice cold 12 packs and dozens of 24 ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So, whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury wants to see you and thank you for your years of patronage. 